Hello everyone and welcome to Sober Gay Podcast, the podcast that gives you a front row seat to inspiring stories of people who have found freedom and joy in living an alcohol-free life. Hosted by myself, join us each week as we have fun and engaging conversations with everyday people about their journey to sobriety. From the challenges to the triumphs, come get inspired and learn about the amazing lives of those living a sober life. I really hope you enjoy listening. Please rate, review and subscribe to this episode. Thank you. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of uh, Sober, uh, Sober Gay Podcast with me, Sean. So, hi. <laughs> How are you, Terry? How are you? Uh, my guest today is Terry. I'm very well, thank you. Thank you so much for having me on this beautiful Saturday. It's all right. It started very chaotically, hasn't it? <laughs> Oh, we, we live for chaotic though. We live for chaotic. <laughs> yeah, for all the listeners, basically, I've just been flapping because I've lost my phone. It's in the flat somewhere, but we move. Um, so do you want to just tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Who is Terry? <laughs> Absolutely. So hello, everyone. So yeah, I, I'm Terry. Uh, I live in Lancashire in the north of England. I'm 40 years old. I work for a small family business. Uh, we do food manufacturing, and that's based over in East Lancashire. So I've been with them for a couple of years and uh, yeah, so I live in the north of England. I grew up in Manchester, so I'm not from around these parts. Grew up in Manchester, um, quite central Manchester, not too far from the, the traffic centre, which I'm sure quite a lot of people know mm. in Manchester. Um, but yeah, that's a little bit about me. I play, uh, I'm into my rugby, I'm into my cycling, I'm into my paddleboarding. And uh, when I have the energy, I go for some nice walks and hikes. Um, but yeah, that's a bit about me on this uh, lovely Saturday morning. Love that paddleboarding. When did you get? When did you get into that? So, during during the different lockdowns, um, yeah. one thing I really did to focus on my mental health was trying to like get out and about and explore things that I'd never really done before. And yeah. one of the things I wanted to do is I I did Snowden as part of a challenge thing. So I did like the three peaks, not on the same day, but I did like Scarfell, Snowden. Yeah, I did Ben Nevis, but on the day we did Snowden. A couple of friends had paddleboards, and I was like, "Oh, I've never paddleboarded before." Because quite scared of going on open lakes. Yeah, and um, I tried it, and I, I can kneel, and I can't stand. Because I tried standing a few times, and I fall straight off into the lake, which is not a pretty, <laughs> not a pretty or glamorous sight. But uh, no, it's been good. Uh, it's there's something very tranquil about being on a paddleboard, just going along at your own pace, admiring the views of a lake, and I just sat there. And just took it all in, like the views of Snowden and just everything. It's just so calm and relaxing. So ever since then, I thought, I'm going to get more into paddleboarding. I finally bought my own paddleboard. And it's not an expensive sport to get into either. Like, you don't have to be all flashy or singing or dancing. Mm. You get a wetsuit, you know, you, you just pick a lake. And where I am, the lake district's not too far, thankfully. So I can pop up to the lakes and go paddleboarding. You just go at your own pace and enjoy it. And it's, it's lovely. It's A lot more people are doing it. It's a lot, like I say, it's a lot more accessible for a lot of people. Mm. Um, and it does honestly just sitting on the lake on your paddleboard with your mates having a laugh or whatever and just taking it all in it's just it's just so calming it's, it's like lovely. me time do you know it, it is me time and even if you just just sit there and you don't want to paddleboard you just sat there mm. on the lake just chilling it's i can't describe how there's just something about just being on the water just bobbing along 
<laughs> it's so nice. I think like being next to the like being next to the sea is so like relaxing because I was brought up in North Wales in like a small town. It's like near the ocean and it is quite like calming, isn't it? But when you have like when you have hobbies like that you just randomly fall upon and you really enjoy it, it's like, oh, paddle pawning, this is random. I've never done this before, but it's like really nice. It's quite nice when you have things that happen like that, isn't it? It's very random, and I think uh, I just I, I love water. I'm a Pisces by star sign, so I used to be a water baby. Um, all my holidays growing up would always be in, on the coast of Wales in different caravans, which was fantastic. So I've always been water-bound. And, uh, yeah, you just fall into random hobbies, and recently I've been doing it more mm. um, as a way of getting out and doing things over a weekend and not, like, procrastinating and, uh, you know, f- filling my time up with something more, more enjoyable. So paddleboarding has been great. Yeah, 100%. It's so good to have <laughs> So, um I guess this podcast about like um like different like people's relationships with alcohol and how they've stopped and why they've stopped and that kind of stuff. Um and kind of aspiring other people to that are super curious that want to Absolutely. Absolutely. Um I kind of wanted to just go back to maybe like how like when did you first start drinking and if you want to just tell us a little bit about like your relationship with alcohol if that's okay. Oh gosh, absolutely. Well, hold on to your seats, guys, because this is gonna <laughs> this is gonna take quite a roller coaster. Um so I um so yes, I grew up in the in the nineties and I first I would first say I drank alcohol about thirteen or fourteen. Um and the I suppose the culture where I used to live was you would kind of catch up with your mates, you'd kind of walk around the streets, and then you'd probably most likely congregate on the local park. So you were out of the way of prying, prying eyes. And a few of the lads, we were quite tall, and I was a big lad anyway, so I didn't have a problem going into the shop and getting served for alcohol. It was not an issue whatsoever. We'd walk in, we'd grab really? what we wanted. We'd Yeah, we'd walk in, and we used to get, like, Pulse Ciders, MD 2020, um, like this cocktail concoction thing. And we just we just walk in, and, and the, we would – because we we just walk in with such confidence, we'd, we'd get served. It wasn't an issue. And uh, then we'd get what we needed and go to the park and we'd drink on the park and, you know, think we'd have a laugh. But then it just got more and more too easy to do that every weekend. And then as I got to like 15, 16, being taller, I used to to get into the local Weatherspoons really easily, like no problem. The dream. (laughs) The time. You were thinking you were an adult, like, wow, look at me going into Weatherspoons, being all, you know, flash and snazzy getting in Weatherspoons. Getting a (laughs) woo-woo. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> it was it was more what did I say? It was more like things like hooch and uh, Bacardi breezes. I don't even yeah. buy Bacardi breezer anymore. But then when I turned sixteen, I used to then go to um, a gay and lesbian support group in Manchester City Centre, mm. and then we used to always go to the the New Union. And then every week we used to be able to walk in, no problem, uh, stand in a corner, and we weren't like prolific drinkers in the corner, but we just go in and like be part of the scene. However. Me and a girl from college used to then go out every weekend and again was not an issue getting into places, getting served. And it became part of that lifestyle going out literally every Saturday, same places, getting to know more people. And you just was drinking all the time when you're out and about. And I think when you first like hit the scene and you have alcohol, I suppose it was just a way of going out, living your best life, thinking you were like invincible, drinking, yeah. partying to the wee early hours. And you would just do it every single weekend. And it became a pattern for a, a long time in my life, going out all the time, mm. drinking every weekend. And it would just become a way of trying to meet new people. And it was almost like 
you felt you couldn't meet people without having the alcohol, like going drinking. Like you couldn't just go out and be like, hey, do I go and grab a coffee? It wasn't it wasn't the done thing, mm. um, especially with, with the people I was hanging around with. And as I got older, it just alcohol turned to other bits and pieces, shall we say, when you're going out and about, uh, making the night last longer uh, yeah. into the next day and then maybe the next day leading into the next night. And it was just every single weekend. And then it took a bit of a dark twist when a friend of mine, unfortunately, lost lost his life through uh, suspicious circumstances, shall we say. And it really, like, shook me to the core that I was only, like, my early 20s and I lost a really close friend. And that, I think, derailed me a lot. And I turned more to using alcohol as a way of and means of escaping what had been going on around me. Mm-hmm. And a few of my other mates, they... they turn more to the other other substances to kind of mm. deal what what was going on. And it kind of just kept being a pattern of using alcohol to deal with my feelings, basically. That impacted with using food as well as a way of um, comfort eating. So it was, it was a very vicious circle with alcohol and comfort eating. And it kind of snowballed and snowballed where I would, I would drink, then I would eat because I was drunk. And because I was drunk, I would eat more to feel the need of fulfillment or however you want to word it. And it just kept going and going and going to the point where I was doing really poorly at work. I was almost, I suppose, being a, well, I suppose suppose I could have said that I was bordering on being a functional alcoholic where I was needing the alcohol to function. So I'd go to work. It was really stressful at the time. I'd then on my way home, I'd go to the local shop. Longer, longer the days you can get like three bottles of wine for a tenner. Yeah. I'd go to the local shop and get three bottles of wine for a tenner, go home and quite easily sink the three bottles of wine, not bat an eyelid and then eat so much food um, to kind of try and sober up. And then the next day you'd wake up feeling absolute like, you know, like trash. And then you'd go to work, deal with the stress of work. And then I'd go to the shop again and buy three more bottles of wine. And yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I just didn't think anything of it. And there was other stuff going on at the time, some stuff to do with uh, some family bits with uh, financial stuff. And uh, it was quite stressful in terms of keeping a roof over our head. Um, But it just kept snowballing and snowballing. And I think the relationship with alcohol has always been, for me personally, it's been a way of coping with stressful situations. So it's linking the alcohol with dealing with stress. And it's, now, obviously, hindsight's a very powerful thing, but then it was kind of like the alcohol was used to numb the situation, forget that was going on, a bit of escapism for a few hours, mm. but then you soon realise the next day, actually, this is your reality. You're using alcohol to escape what's going on around you. Um, but you that's... said it so right. Like, I, it, that, that's so true that like a lot of people say it on podcasts and stuff like that, and that's what I hear as well, that... like when you do have kind of like stresses in life and stuff, alcohol can just numb the pain for a few hours, like you said. It's, it isn't, and it's great looking back now and seeing, I can pinpoint all the different things that had gone on to cause the triggers. Yeah. Um, like, I think the main thing for me, dealing with death um, situations where I've had like, you know, close friend pass away. There was one year, um, family-wise, where I was still living at home and all this, so we had like, uh, my mum's best friend's husband hung himself. So that was very stressful on the family. Mm. My mum wasn't there. She's always around there. That was quite stressful. And then her other best friend died of cancer. 
So that was stressful dealing with that. And then the same year, her brother had a heart attack at Christmas. Like, oh my God, I was literally thinking my mum was going to have like a full on breakdown. Yeah. Um, she didn't because she's a very strong, resilient character. She's such a, she's such an iconic legend. Um, but dealing with stuff like that, it's always been a trigger, like dealing with stuff like that and thinking about mm. how can I get through it? And it's the, oh, well, I'm going to turn to alcohol because it's my friend. Alcohol's going to make me feel a certain way or release a certain stress. But it's not. It's temporary. These things aren't going to go away. This person's obviously passed away. They're not here. Alcohol is not going to help you get through the grief. It's a very short-term way of dealing with it. And it happened later on in life. You know, horror. Like my nana got cancer. That was horrific. And anybody who's ever dealt with a family member going through cancer and watching them slowly die, it's horrible. Mm. And that was stressful. And again, turning to alcohol to deal with the stresses behind the scenes, you know, my emotions, bottling up my emotions, trying to be strong for people. And then that was horrible. After the funeral was horrible. And that, I went into a really like darkwood spiral. So I was drinking all the time. I was being horrible to my friends, like really horrible. I didn't like the person I was turning into. I was in between jobs. Um, well, I so, said, I was in jobs. I mean, I'd gone from one job to a new job. That wasn't working out. So again, I was dealing with the stress with alcohol. So again, you can see there's a pattern here. We're dealing with stress and stuff with the alcohol. And then eventually I decided to try something different. I got into playing rugby with a local team, met new people, got out my uh, a rut because I was in such a rut with going home, drinking, watching Netflix. I'm like, this is, this is not your life. You deserve so much more than doing something like that. Yeah. And Again, it's been a constant looking at why I've always used alcohol as a way of dealing. And I think a lot of people did with the jumping forward to like the pandemic and coronavirus and whatever, lockdown. Again, I went to alcohol as my my advice to dealing with situations. And again, mm-hmm. it's like you're constantly using alcohol as a means of dealing with situations. And looking back now, I can see the pinpoints and the triggers. And when people talk about like, you know, CBD and trying to break that cycle and I just constantly kept finding myself going through the same loop all the time. Like, you know what you're doing. You're dealing with alcohol. You stop using alcohol. Then then you have a shit situation. And then you go back to using alcohol. It's a constant circle. So for me, with my relationship with alcohol, it's been always been like that through my entire life, mm-hmm. linking it with dealing with stressful, horrible situations. And I think a lot of people probably, when they have traumatic situations in life, they look at vices to help them comfort. And it might be with it might be food. It might be substance abuse. For me, it was a mixture of alcohol and food. Yeah. Um, so I told you it was going to take a dark twist going down <laughs> this, this rabbit hole. But it's being honest. I think people need to realize, you know, trauma and death and how people deal with it. It comes in a different a different package and not being uh, ashamed to kind of say, yeah, I can probably see me doing that, using yeah. alcohol to numb, numb that situation. And thank, uh, thank you so much for, like, sharing all of that. I know that, like, that's quite a huge thing to kind of share and it is like your friend passing away like I'm really sorry to hear that like it's it must have been such a difficult time and I think I think maybe at the time as well you probably didn't even realize yourself that like alcohol was you just thought oh this is going to help for now and maybe just not thought of like the like aftermath and stuff but now after maybe doing it for so many years it's like oh actually this is a really really not helping at all it, it it wasn't and uh yeah it just kind of kept snowballing and it's not great when you when you have a situation like that when you're young and you go you know you're going out every weekend and your friends there and all of a sudden mm. they're ripped that they're ripped out of your life and they're at such an early age 
or if they're a similar age, it really does shake you to your core. And even like now when you have people of a similar age that you've heard that have passed away, it really does shake you and you're thinking, what? You, you just really do get like bolted up thinking life is literally so short. So and precious it, as it, well, it, isn't it? And it's 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 just yeah it's just it's quite chaotic. <laughs> I, I can I laugh like, now, but I think you you have to laugh at uh, these kind of things now, otherwise you'll go crazy. <laughs> yeah, and also like all the things that have happened in the past, like even though they're like such shit situations, it's made you kind of realize now that like, no, this is not what I want to do for the future. When when something else, hopefully nothing bad like that happens again. But if if it does, like I can deal with it better, um, and deal with it like in a much healthier way but um I'm guessing like my next question is kind of links in with what we've just spoken about is like what what kind of made you stop drinking or like why did you why did you kind of yeah what was the reason for it but I guess we've kind of like you've kind of explained it a bit but if you want to get more into detail with that um and when was the did you have like a final day or was that I think it sounds like you had like a lot of maybe like little rock, <laughs> a lot of rock bottoms but I don't know yeah if you want to just yeah give us yeah there's there's been a few there's been a few situations um so there's there was a situation so there's been things where it's happened that I kind of then stopped but then I found myself falling back into old habits so there was one where I went out of a weekend, had a very heavy weekend drinking, um, ended up having like a bit of a panic panic attack at home thinking it was something more severe, ended up having to be rushed into hospital, mm-hmm. being on the ECG machine, having things checked. And I got myself in such a frenzy that I'd had a panic attack and the doctor said, look, it's not a heart attack. You're fine. You got yourself in a phrase of frenzy. And that was a bit of a wake up call. And that kind of kept me on a straight and narrow for a little bit. Didn't, didn't last very long. I think anything, oh, I'm fine now. Yes, I can go out and you know start drinking again and think i should have a couple no it's there's no with me it's never just a couple it's a bottle mm-hmm. um it's the bottle there it's not one glass a bottle is going to get drunk um but fast forward now like through like pandemic and uh further on um so more recently i had like a situation where i was finding myself uh drinking again like using it to deal with stress um all the bits and pieces that have been going on and I just again was had like a, again a bit another bit of a health scare where I'd been back to the doctors. The my blood sugars were not playing what they should be doing, so they put me back on medication. And I was like, again, look what you're doing to yourself. You've done all this hard work. You've not been on medication, and now you're back on tablets for type two diabetes. Mm-hmm. But they said you're. They took me, you know, went for blood tests, and they said you know you've got markers in your bloodstream. And I was like, oh my god! So I went to have more tests, and then had like an ultrasound on my liver. And I was like, oh, my God, oh, my God, have I have I damaged my liver by drinking too much? And they said, you're bordering on having a fatty liver, which can be linked to alcohol. And I was like, right, Terry, you need to get a grip. You're 40 years old. You're not no spring chicken anymore. You're drinking too much. Not to extremes like I used to do. It was more like a few beers every night. But it's kind of like you're using it every night to fall back into the habit of having a few beers to deal with stressful situations or whatever. But it was becoming all the time. Now, a very good friend of mine recently got diagnosed with leukemia and a few of her mates um, had, well, for a few recent mates, one of them had stopped drinking on the night that my friend got taken to hospital. And mm-hmm. I felt really stupid because he rang, he rang me and said, oh, could you, I've been admitted to A&E, can you bring X, Y, and Z? And I was like, oh, I can't, I've had a drink. And I'm thinking, your friend needs help. Mm-hmm. You've had a drink and you're helpless to do anything. 
And it even crossed my like, oh, it's only up the road. Go in your car. And I was like, no, don't go in. This is me talking, not him talking. Yeah. And I was like, you can't, you can't do that. And um, fast forward, he got diagnosed with leukemia. And I'd, I'd kind of had a bit of a wake-up call about the liver. And I was like, right, you need to kind of stop. And it came to a weekend where I'd had a few beers on a Saturday. And I started to explore more information about ways of stopping drinking, you know, exploring podcasts, one of them being yours. I was using TikTok to look at different things. And another friend from rugby recently had joined and I got quite pally with him and he was telling me how he was sober. Mm. It was like day day 100 and something. And I kind of said to him, like, do you mind telling me what made you? Did something bad happen on a night out or whatever? And he told me what had happened. And then my other friend obviously stopped drinking. He's like, I'm just off alcohol now. And I thought, do you know what? If they can do it, I I can do it as well. Mm. So I started on the Monday. Fresh and was like a Monday fresh, you know, start a fresh meaning to go on. Um, but then back on the Friday, I was sat there in a the hospital because my friend had started his chemotherapy treatment. And I was sat there looking at, at him. And I thought, your friend here is younger than me. He's going through this cancer battle, going through leukemia and going through chemotherapy. And I'm thinking, what are you doing to yourself? You're mm. literally on one tablet for blood sugars. You're not having to fight cancer. You need to get a grip of what you're doing with yourself, with your own health and whatever. And I was like, you know what? It really did bolt me up right and kind of go, you need to break this cycle once and for all. You need to stop doing it. And luckily, the other the other lads I would speak to was like, right, you've inspired me to really break this cycle and stop doing it. And I told my friend, look, you the other week when I saw you, 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 you looked like a cancer patient. It really did upset me. And I was mm. like, you fr- when you see people your own age going through things, you think you're taking your health for granted. All these t- constantly putting these things in your body, it has to stop. So that recently was the, the real light bulb moment. I kind of wanted to prove to myself, right, you're 40, you need to stop drinking alcohol, you can start doing these things. So for me, it's been doing visual things. Like I have like um, a chalkboard in the kitchen, so I put like days sober, and every yeah. day I put like a line down it, and love that visually looks, looks great. So I love that. Um, I've also got like the days, the days since at which ones I don't really look at it. It's more the visual thing in the kitchen. Yeah. And every day I've been doing that. And then I started to, um, yeah, I think that's probably going on to the different reasons, but that was yeah. what's why I wanted to kind of like stop and go, do you know what? You need to prove to yourself you can do it. So I've been able to go on an awards do with rugby and not drink. I've been a night out with the lads from rugby and not drink. But luckily the other lads that are also on the team that are also doing the sober train, we've called it, we've called it sober sisters love um, that we're all all on the same thing and we've all been there for each other like garrison day 50 something my friend jack's like 100 and something i'm on day 26 today so it's kind of like wow and yeah it's kind of that's that's been the main reason really it's, it's a health it's really i think it yeah. really scared me into going you need to get a grip now this mm. is the time to do it because life is very short <laughs> it is it really is and ha- having those moments as well it's like and also you can think like you're 40 you're still young enough to be able to do something about it so like you're in I feel like it's looking at the positives of it you're in such a great position to be able to be like I've had these realizations and also like having like two mates at rugby I think that is such a huge thing having like people that you can talk to about it because then you can like bounce off each other and stuff and just ask for advice and I think that's such a good thing to have um especially when you're like at the beginning of like not drinking and stuff oh and it's and the other thing as well linking back to you know mental health lifestyle um sleep money as well like i always find i'm spending far too much money a week on alcohol i'm thinking that could be that money could be used for other things 
you yeah. know, maybe doing more paddleboarding, you know, other bits and pieces. You I was know, about to uh, say, I was like, a nice uh, deep paddleboard. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's looking at things like that and the, the, the benefits so quickly. But I found myself previously, like, my sleep was getting worse as well and... I, I, I need my sleep, you know, I need my seven mm-hmm. or eight hours. And if I don't get it, I really felt, I really struggled to kind of concentrate the next day. Yeah. Um, but that's, yeah. But I think looking at the next, the next thing to me, like what's next, it's keep on going. It's the next thing is to when I go away on holiday next week, I really, I said to my friend, I'm going to have look, said, I'm not drinking. You know, yeah. the reasons why he saw my day sober board in the kitchen. He's like, Oh my God, that's amazing. I said to him, look, you can do what you want to do. I'm not telling you what, what you want to do, but for me, I want to prove to myself that I can go on holiday and not drink. Yeah. And really be really be there mentally present in what's going on, on the holiday and really take it in. Because last year, last year when I went away by myself for the first time, I wanted to prove that I could go on a sunshine holiday by myself and I did. But yeah. I was drinking like every day, all yeah. around the pool every day, in the apartment of a nighttime by myself. And I don't think there was a single night I went to bed like sober. I was drunk every night going to bed. The yeah. next morning you wake up really groggy and it's kind of like, oh, you're on holiday, you know, treat yourself, but you can't it, you can't be treating yourself every day. To, it just gets too much. And uh, yes, I had a lovely holiday, but I thought, how much more would you have been there on that holiday if you weren't feeling groggy waking up of a morning? Yeah. You know, writing, writing off the morning before you then go around the pool during the day and you open up another beer around the pool. And how much money can I maybe spend on different things, you know, not doing that? I'm um, so excited for you, honestly. <laughs> You're going to have to let me know how it goes because, like, like I, think a, I think a sober holiday is just, like, game changer because you'll just, like, wake up in the morning, like, fuck i feel fresh like i've got all day mm-hmm. so you can even just like do other things like like things you might not even know that you would have done before in like other holidays but like i'm so buzzing for you and you're actually you're gonna do it like i know you're gonna do it like it's gonna oh, be- i'm adamant i want to prove like to myself i want to prove other people like i can do it i've yeah. managed to, i've managed to do sober prize like i've been to a few prize with the rugby lads recently oh, yeah. completely, completely sober um so that was a good test like one weekend waking up really early so we went got really early we went up to all's water go paddleboarding and it was like a really early start did all the paddleboarding long day great went for a big walk and sunday morning up early then go to lancaster pride with the lads from rugby and again didn't drink and i felt fresh thinking oh this is nice being up early on sunday morning and feeling fresh and like wow yeah. felt, felt like this for a long time you know and yeah. it's like it's the little it's the little it's the little things that make such a big difference <laughs> it is the little things and also don't you think like you must have had such a nice morning paddleboarding then you went to like pride and then literally the next day you have a whole day of your weekend to just like feel fresh like what the hell i really want to join your rugby club i'm so jealous <laughs> honest honestly i think for a lot of people um like a bit of a side note for rugby clubs if you if there is an inclusive rugby team in your area and yeah. you want to go do something different and meet new people. Oh my god! I wish I did it sooner. I've been with the lads now like five years, and it's yeah. really clear, but it has changed my life. And the good thing is, this, there's not a drinking culture with the club. Yes, some lads might have a drink or whatever, but it's not like oh, you've got to have a pint in there. No, it's nothing like that. People do what they want to do, and even recently at the awards, do some like oh, you're not having a drink. I'm like no, I'm on the sober training. <laughs> it wasn't there was no question. Um, although can I can I I've got a right be on a different side now. I don't know if you found this. I've got right be in my bonnet recently about the price of non-alcoholic like gins and spirits. How I don't know how they have the audacity to charge the same price in a bar as a full. I I like side note like I I bought like a double a double Gordon's non-alcoholic gin with tonic to try out. Yeah, and it and it and it cost me like eight quid, and I was like, 
what eight pound for a double non-alcoholic gin? I thought I wouldn't even pay that for a normal full alcoholic Gordon's, and um, I was a bit taken aback by it. And every other place I've seen that do non-alcoholic gins in bars, they're charging the same as alcoholic. And I thought, how can you charge the same? But somebody then said to me, "Well, it's a making process, blah blah blah." And I'm like, mm, I'm, "I'm not buying it." But I've not I been sold not on non-alcoholic gins. <laughs> so, that yeah, is I'm a good run, actually. We need I'm to get that. <laughs> We need to get that run out because that's not fair. Because actually, it's, <laughs> it's been hilarious because a few of us, like, say, the sober sister, we've, we've been out we're looking at things like, okay, what non alcoholic beers do you do? And some places don't do hardly anything. You're like, okay, well, I don't want just a Bex Bloom. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm like, why don't you do It's like trying to be a bit more creative with what, like, are we going to have a mocktail or a non alcoholic place? And uh, mm. yeah, there's definitely a market for bars to jump on more of the non alcoholic beers or even if they do non-alcoholic draft beer which be, which would be great and you can get some you know really good ones out there but yeah as a little side note it's been interesting trying to see what bars have been doing and there just isn't the availability and we've been like this is not good this is not great but anyway <laughs> don't get me started on the draft beer because i that would be so good even if in every pub there was like one even for now like that would be so good wouldn't it because a draft beer is so much different than like you said a bex blue in in, <laughs> in a thing and I've been trying all the... That's the other thing, like... Do you have uh, your again, faves? Look, I, don't, I don't... what? Sorry? Do you have your, fa- like, fave ones? Do you have, like, any, like, favourites? So, at the, I've tried quite a few so far. Like, um, I definitely... I don't like San Miguel Zero. I've tried that. I've tried... Um, so, Aldi, they mm. do three... They do two non-alcoholic beers. They do, like, a French one. They do a packed one, like a Pilsner, I think. Yeah. And they do a non-alcoholic cider. The side is fine. It tastes a bit too sweet. The beer, I think it's like a pound a bottle. Mm. That that's, that tastes good. Um, but what, what I have recently got into um, is in Lidl, they do like, I think it's a, like a Schler knockoff. It's like a grape, grape spritzer thing. It's like a pound or one pound ten. They do like a, a rosé, a white and a red. Yeah. The rosé does taste a bit like wine. Mm. Um People might think, well, why are you wanting the taste of wine if you're not drinking? But it's like, well, it's more the habit. Yeah. So it's kind of like if you're having, like, you know, sat there on a Friday night or a Saturday and having a few glasses of them. Yeah. It's like, it just, it's, it's almost like having a, a nice version of a, a nice pop, if you will. Yeah. You know, to then go back to sparkling water. Cause, yeah, it's just kind of getting into new. I think I've seen some of your videos where you talk about different non alcoholic beers and stuff. And there's been some really good ones. Like, I think Erd, Erdinger. Yeah. My friend Gareth, like, he loves like the Leffy. The Leffy non-alcoholic one. So good. That's amazing. I've not, I've not tried that one yet, but I'm excited to try more. Like I've seen more on the market. Yeah. Like I've seen there's the Corona Zero come on the market. Um, I'm hoping when I go away, there might be some Greek versions in the in the local supermarkets. I'd be really impressed if there is, but um, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, I went up to Leeds on the weekend and I tried the Corona Zero for the first time. And I even put like a lime in it just to make it like, ooh, this is like... Oh, I saw, like- yeah. How did you find putting the lime in it? So good, like it literally tasted. It tastes the same. <laughs> and same with like the Guinness Zero as well. Like it's the same. Well, I've not tried Guinness. No, I feel like. Do you like Guinness though? I feel like I don't know. I didn't. I didn't like it until like I don't know, like a couple of years ago. But then like I enjoyed it, and then I stopped drinking. And then I tried that, and I'm like, ooh, it tastes the same. <laughs> I tell you what, I do like that. No Seco do a rose one. Um, yeah, and that's that's really nice. I think I have all of them, but some of them just just like there's just no taste. But I'm like, if there's no taste, then I mm. might as well be drinking a seventy p bottle of sparkling flavored water. Yeah, um, but I think it, that's been quite good trying different ones. It you you are so right though. Like making <laughs> making 
the drink even if the if it's like a boring drink like a sparkling water or something even putting it with some like ice and garnish and like a nice wine glass just makes it like feel like oh i'm having i'm having a ritual <laughs> that's it and we went like when we were on the awards do a few of us went to a nice cocktail bar and we yeah. were thinking oh they might do really nice mocktails and they didn't and we were like but you're a, you're a, literally a really nice cocktail bar why have we got nothing more on the menu and they kind of go oh we don't carry the ingredients blah 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 i'm thinking so we just end up having like a, i had a ginger beer a friend had like a pomegranate soda thing, and I'm like, "This is so disappointing for such a nice cocktail bar." But you're losing a, missing a trick here. Um, but I think people will wake up as more and more people finally, not finally, more and more people kind of, yeah, do no alcohol, even if it's for a break or whatever. Mm. The market needs to open up to more choice, and I think that's where a lot of the drinks brands are opening up and doing more because they've probably seen that we need to start cornering this market because not everybody wants to buy. Hundred percent, you know. It's like I feel like it's such a, a. It's not not to like make it sound like it's like fashionable or anything, but it's such an up and coming thing. Like more and more people are realizing how like bad alcohol is for your body and stuff, especially when you're drinking too much of it. It's like you literally can switch the drink that you're drinking to a non-alcoholic one. It tastes very similar and it'll just like, I don't know. Yeah, a lot of more people are realizing that, aren't they? I think people are realizing it's the little switches that can make all the difference, like having non-alcoholic beer instead of beer um, habits, you know, changing your habits to something different, like having non-alcoholic. And even if you still want to go on a night out with your mates, you just buy the non-alcoholic options. Um, I have I personally haven't found any issue switching to, to them. But yeah. one thing I was worried about with habit is having – like on a Friday or a Saturday, it's always like, oh, I'm going to go to the shop and get a few beers or a few bottles or something and sit there and chill out, watch whatever. Yeah. But it became all too easy to keep doing it all the time at home. Yeah. Like, even a few mates comment like, oh, but you, you drink a lot at home, don't you? And I'm like, oh, my God, are they, are they noticing, like, I drink too much at home? Yeah. Um, and I'm thinking, oh, God, what, what, was, what must you think about me doing that on a Friday night or a Saturday night? Mm-hmm. Um, but then changing the habit to, like, having something different and still having a pizza Friday or, a, or whatever you want to do on yeah. your actual and watching whatever, but just switching up a bit. But then the, the, yeah. the feeling next morning, feeling fresh when I'm going, oh, because you've not had that the night before. Um, and you've still I can't, I can't put a price on it. Yeah, still <laughs> had my pizza night, still had my... Yeah. And, the, and the money savings, we just the money savings by not spending the money on proper alcohol. Mm. And obviously, yes, non-alcoholic beers are cheaper than full alcoholic beers, which is great. I don't know why gin is not the same yet, but we'll, we won't go back into that again. <laughs> but, um, yes, yeah, I'm honestly, I'm I've, I've proper got to be in my bonnet about that about the uh, the gins. I don't know if you if you if you are trying to beat a habit and you go into a supermarket and it's like fifteen pounds for a bottle of non-alcoholic Gordon's, you're like fifteen pounds. What? Yeah, it's not like it's not like an incentive, <laughs> is it? It's not if you're trying to save your money. There's no incentive there whatsoever at all. Right, let's do a petition. <laughs> but you know, when you were saying like, um, when you were younger and stuff, I could like, I could um, resonate with a few things that you said. You know, like going out on the weekends and like, um, going out with the like that's just like the norm and stuff like that. I feel yeah. like it's it's. I think one of the things that it might be hard for people to stop is that like that's what they socialize, making friends and like and and enjoying the weekend is going out on the weekend because that's what we used to do when we were younger and stuff and absolutely i don't know where i'm going with this but i feel like that's maybe quite a difficult way of be, be people being like oh i actually can live without alcohol and still going out go out and stuff um but yeah <laughs> no, it's, it's right because i think it's such a cultural thing i think in in the uk where you have 
a group of mates and you start doing life experiences like you know going to uh getting drink going down the local park i think more nowadays i think kids are turning away from alcohol i think there's more vaping yeah. um or whatever but it's like a different maybe it's a generational thing i don't know mm-hmm. but we used to just do that all, all the time growing yeah. up that is how you met people you'd go to the local well when i live in Manchester, you'd go to the local you want to meet other lgbt people you go down the village yeah obviously there's no such thing as a non-alcoholic like beer i think in them days um you know going out uh, God, and it's just pop. <laughs> i would have um i would have I, looking back i would have loved to have like lived around manchester like being like a gay teenager like how was that like do you know on, and again on a little side note so do, do you remember the tv series queer as folk yeah so when that was on tv i remember watching it so at the time i wasn't out i was watching it on tv in my bedroom secret secretively and um <laughs> i was said to my two girlfriends in school i was like oh my god we need to go to canal street we need to celebrate our gcse's and uh, i remember telling my mom that we were going to go to the canal street and um, didn't have an issue when we go with, with the two girls. It wasn't too far to jump on the train into Manchester anyway from where we used to live. Yeah. And I remember my... Um, but yes, yeah, so I went hit the scene and it literally was like it was on TV. Like going to all them places, going into Manto. Obviously, it's not there anymore. Going to all the different bars and places via Fossa. Um, and it was literally like it was on TV. He used yeah. to go out every weekend and it was it was like that. It was truly depicted like that. And he used yeah. to go out every weekend to the clubs, to the bars, meet people, have a laugh, whatever. And because he used to see the same people, he used, he used to meet more people. And I didn't know any I've never met any kind of people from my entire life. They all used to live all different parts around Manchester. Yeah. Because we used to go to the same bars, you see the same things. Oh, hello, you come here all the time. You just started building up a community, but ultimately yeah. you were all drink you were all drinking. Yeah. You were always doing the drinking thing. Um but yeah, it, I think it, was, it was a great time. <laughs> yeah, but I think that is such an important like part of the queer community and like the LGBTQ plus community is like having spaces like that. It's just like a, sh- a shame that we can't have those spaces, but like being able to enjoy it without alcohol as well, which you can, which we can, but it's just easier to fall into um, drinking every weekend and stuff. Absolutely. And I think people nowadays, uh, when they are going to places to try and meet new people, there's there's more things to do nowadays. Like yeah, it's it's easy to find support groups or go to a bowling social or a rugby thing or uh you yeah. know, swimming or whatever people want to get into and meet new people without having to go to a bar and drink. Mm. Whereas I think in the in the late nineties, early two thousands, there wasn't like that. It was a case of right, when we're gonna go meet other LGBT people, right? You're gonna go to Manchester. Yeah. And it's probably gonna involve drinking alcohol. Like if you I don't think you wouldn't have been the one sat in the corner drinking lemonade. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. It was like well, you were drinking pints of Alka Pops or Picardo Breezes or, oh God, Picardo Breezes. That's like a, a memory trigger um, for getting a, probably one, one of the worst hangovers of my entire life drinking pink Picardo Breezes. Oh, really? God. I didn't realize they stopped <laughs> doing that now because I remember them as well, Picardo Breezes and WKDs. I'm hoping they stopped them because then then things shouldn't have been then then things shouldn't have been allowed on the market. They were vicious. Oh my they were God. too easy. They were too easy to drink. And you remember, like you had VK or VHF or Wicked's or uh, yeah. all these alcohol pop drinks that were clearly targeted for a younger audience. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't taste like alcohol. And then before you know, it, you had like five, six, and you were you were quite on your way. You know. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, God. God, it makes my skin crawl thinking about it now. <laughs> So um, we'll get on to the next question, which is like the benefits. So what yes. is the benefits from you leading um, your new sober life? So for me, this, there's been a few things. Um, the main thing is like my mental health. My mm. mental health is far sharper. I'm feeling fresher in myself. 
money has been a great thing so far. I'm, I've seen enough of my money. Um, there's been a bit difference in my money already. Fitness, I don't feel as groggy when I'm doing things. Like, it's not taking me a while to get going. So when I was doing, like, my rugby training, it was like, oh, God, this is really knackering. Whereas now I'm like, nope, get on that field, you know, do your running around. The fitness has been, like, a main thing. Um, not falling back into the old habits. That's been a big thing so far for me, is being able to break that cycle for, mm -hmm. and hopefully touch wood for once and for all. And it really is about me taking ownership and proving to myself that you can do this. Yeah. I've always tried do I've always tried doing things like dry January or whatever in the past, and I've done them, but then I go straight back into oh, I've done that thirty days right. I'm going to treat myself and have blah blah blah. Well, you just felt you just undone all your hard work by having, a, you know, a, a heavy weekend. And also, um, I feel like, I feel like I know you know. I feel like we get on really well, but I feel like now that you've said about your holiday, I think I think this time maybe you have like more of like a different mindset, and I feel like that's different. I think when you stop drinking you have a different mindset and that you don't want to do it no longer I feel like you like say kind of different things like, I feel like you kind of say like no I'm excited to not have to not drink on this holiday and like I feel like it's quite exciting things that are coming up that you've got that um you want to try out without alcohol it's it's, it's it's achievements the same right I can do so I can go to a pride tick I can go to an awards do tick yeah. You can go on a holiday. I want to do that. Right. You know, do these things to prove to yourself. But also, prove to me the sober sisters that are also there doing it, that we're all still doing it as a collective. Yeah. We're all there for each other. But also, some of our friends recently I've been telling, being quite honest about what I've been doing and saying, like, why I've done it. And they're kind of going, some people, not not been negative, but they kind of go, oh, you, you won't do it. And I'm like, no, trust me. I said, I will, I will prove you wrong. I will do it. And even yeah. now, and I said the other day, they're like, oh, yeah, great. You know, I, I honestly think you weren't going to do it because they've seen me fall by the way so I suppose so many times in the past or they, yeah. they always know me to be a drinker um and even a few other friends and I've told them like yeah you were drinking a bit too much waiting and thinking but why why did you never say I was drinking too why much why did you never say you yeah. know is it with uh, and then even another friend of mine um she was one of the ones that was there for me when my or the whole nana situation and I thanked her years they said look when you were there in my darkest and I was I was horrible to my friends and I was really horrible to her it's yeah. embarrassing the way I was speaking to people and behaving. But I think at the time when you are dealing with that, you do lash out. And I think when you would like say, when you get to rock bottom and your friends are there, mm -hmm. you really know who, you, who your friends are. Yeah. And even now, you're like, no, still from there. And she's like, I'm really pleased that you're doing this. And she's been there on holiday when I'm, you know, drinking all the time. And I think when they see it and they've seen you change and they kind of go, look how fresh you're looking, look how more alert you look, look how, yeah. you know, how you are in yourself. And it's just, I think the sense of clarity. Mm. it's been it's been really eye-opening um and some people might listen to me i think oh you're only on day 26 but i think it, you the benefits do come around so quickly when you you start seeing it like for me it's been the sleep like sleeping has been so much better mm -hmm. which then leads to having you more focused the next day you don't feel groggy you then feel the energy to go and do other things like go out for a walk of an evening go down the beach or go wherever yeah it, it's little things that they'll do to come weight loss like already i've noticed weight loss in my face around the bottom of my stomach so stuff like that you start to see and one of my other mates he's lost like i think a stone already and i'm like little things like you're thinking oh my god how many how many of these hidden calories are in alcohol when you're drinking you just don't realize do you these you pesky calories um yeah, there yeah is, isn't there? i didn't realize that, that no i'm just I'm just uh, so excited to see how this keeps going and what the what the next things will be. But I think I'm quite fortunate that my mates I hang around with were not like we're not pub mates, like they're not friends yeah. from a pub. Whereas I think some people really 
like which I've seen on some videos, they're really scared of because they go down to the pub all the time. It's going to stop drinking. Their yeah. friends are going to vanish. I think if they really are your friends and you explain to them maybe or you want to open up why you're doing it, mm-hmm. then they, they should be there to support you and understand. And you're not like condoning their behavior because obviously everybody has their own life to lead and that's their ownership. But it's being able to swap it and go, I can still go down, I can still go down to the pub, but have something different. Yeah. And it's them changes, I think, switching that switch in your head that allows you to still be sociable. I think some people what... feel like they're not gonna, they're not going to be social anymore. That's what I think a lot of people are nervous about, isn't it? Is the, the oh, my friendship group, like we're so used to going out and drinking. Absolutely. But I think it's um, it's to not be scared. And like you said, like the friend, the, the true friends will stay. And it's like, um, but yeah, ugh, I don't know. There's so many things I want to say to you, but I'm just like, I'm so, <laughs> I, I'd, I'd love to, I'd love to be able to, I feel like we should do like a part two of this and be like, after your holiday, after summer, do you know what I mean? Like, I think I'll be absolutely. So... I'd love that. I'd, I've done that with a few. Like, I've done, I've done podcasts in the past linked with rugby. Yeah, I, I did that. Where it was like a, a before and after a, a thing, and talked about that. Uh, yeah, but, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd love to talk. You know, keep updates for people. But I want to hear all about <laughs> the holiday. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I was going back to so what excited. you said earlier as well. It's like, do you know when? Do you know when you were saying that? Like, well, why didn't you tell me before that you you thought I was like drinking mm, a bit too much yeah yeah i wonder i wonder if like people have like people in their lives that know that they they should maybe drink a little bit less but like ha- find it hard to approach people i don't know I, I that just came up to me then i'm just like i wonder if there's a way of maybe st- telling people not in a patronizing way but being like as a friend way do you know what i mean i think people nowadays are so concerned with maybe offending somebody or unearthing something that they may be dealing with. But I think if you do have a close friend, it's a way of asking him, you know, a series of questions. Like if you do maybe go around and see that they maybe don't look maybe as vibrant as they maybe look and just, mm. it's, it's difficult. You're trying to maybe want to ask like, you know, what's been going on and try and do some prying open any questions, but it's difficult because you want to be able to say, look, if you want to talk about anything, you, you, you know, you're here for them, but yeah. it's trying to, um, it is, it is hard because, Unless you have that rapport with somebody, yeah, you might not feel comfortable saying to them, "Are you, are you, you know, are you, are you, are you drinking too much? Are you, you know, what are you doing in your own personal life?" It's mm. it's a hard one. It's, it's a, a tricky one, one, isn't it? Because it's it like a tricky all, one. It's all personal, isn't it? And it's like I wonder if maybe you and I were in that maybe situation or were, or or didn't want to hear that. You maybe would maybe would get like defensive or maybe like, "Oh, why are you saying that?" And I guess it's not until like afterwards it's like oh <laughs> i think people don't want to be judged on what they're doing in their own life and i think it's until you have certain situations happen where you almost want to hold a mirror up to your face and kind of go mm. you you deserve better than this than what you're doing to yourself yeah and um it is quite a, a hard thing to look in the mirror and kind of really take their own shit because people are so quick to try and blame other people um but it's understanding and breaking it breaking down what the triggers are I think when you really get clarity on what the triggers are, you can start to then go backwards and deal with, right, well, if this thing's happening, how do I remove that trigger to stop mm-hmm. this uh, this necessary outcome or delivering a different outcome, which I, I've, I've found quite hard in the past. Um, yeah, but it's kind of understanding that. Yeah, definitely. So um, we've got the next question, which is a tip for anyone that's thinking of, going alcohol free or like listening to this and being like 
Ooh, I'd like to try not drinking. Have you got like a main tip that you think that is like quite like really helpful for you? I would say the main tip is knowing why you want to do it. So it's if you're going to do it for you, you're your biggest supporter. Do it for you. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody else is going to do it for you. You've got to do it yourself. But understand the the benefits of doing it will will be so worth it in the end. That you'll or you'll probably look back and think, why did I not do it sooner? Mm. And it is kind of just having that right. Do you know what? Today's the day I'm going to do it, and setting yourself up for success. So, like for me, it was having that visual board in the kitchen. Just go and do it. Like again, it sounds, but life literally is too short not to try these things. Like, like a city, like my friend dealing with cancer. You, your situation could change on the on a flick of a dime. It's like just give it a whirl. Yeah, you just don't, you don't know if you don't try it. Like. You'll yeah. kick yourself. I'm kicking myself now thinking, why did I wait till 40 to do it? Why can't I have done it years ago when something else has happened before? You know, it's like, but yeah, hindsight. <laughs> but now it just sounds like you're so excited for this new new chapter in your life. Like, it's just like, it is exciting because like you're excited for it. <laughs> so absolutely. I'm excited for it. And it's kind of going, no, this is, this is what's and, going on. And everyone has their own way of, doing it as well like you've got your chalkboard some people will have like their like you've got like a a nice rugby community that like support you and you've got each other like some people may do it like by going to like support groups and stuff like I've done it by like documenting it online like that's how I keep accountable like everyone will have their own way of like tracking their progress and um and I think that's great. And you doing it visually, even though it's like something small, like putting it on in your kitchen, it shows you like it makes you proud every morning. Like, oh, I can do another day. It does. So what I've done is I've got like my, my chalkboard and I've got one of them daily um, affirmation calendar things. You know, every day there's a different affirmation on it, mm. which my sister always gets me for Christmas. and I love it. So I kind of I put like the chalk mark on the board and then I rip the, the page over on the calendar. And yeah. it's kind of like a nice and little like, there we go. We're on day 26 now. Um okay. And, and like it's just little things like that for me really help. Like for some people, um, visual. Some people might say some people might be very practical. They might want to document like like yourself on uh, TikTok. I think it's a great way of using a platform for something good and visualizing that. And some people might not want to visualize it. That's fine. Some people might not want to be practical. That's fine. But yeah. I think it's what what's going to make them put a smile on their face every every morning and then keep all that and do, and do it what works for them. Exactly. What works for one is not going to work for everybody, and that is fine. Everybody's journey is different. That is also fine. They might go, oh, well, I don't want to have anything that's not alcoholic beers and I don't want to try anything like that. That's fine. If you want to have something else, like like some other drink, sparkling water or whatever that works for you, then that's fine. You do you. Because some people say, if you you don't want to be alcoholic anymore or whatever, why are you drinking an alcoholic beer? Well, you still might like the taste of the beer. Doesn't Mm. necessarily that you don't have to have the alcohol on it. That's I think some people can't get their head around that sometimes when you have people that are sober. They kind of go, but well, you're not going to fall into bad habits by having a non-alcoholic whatever um but also at the beginning yeah and also at the beginning like what i found was um super helpful was to have alcohol free beers because it still felt like i was having a drink but absolutely 100 <laughs> for me exactly that that ha- habit thing of chilling on a friday night watching i don't know watching something on the telly or going to the rugby on a thursday or friday and having a drink in a bar afterwards i can still have an alcoholic beer if i want one yeah but people don't buy an island, it's, it's things like if you've got certain habits that you like to do or certain routines, then by all means still have your routine, but just switch it up a little bit. Try something different yeah. in that routine. 
without going, oh my God, I can't have pizza Fridays anymore. Well, that's fine. Do you can still have it. It's it's just really looking at what 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 works for you and not being afraid to try. But that's exciting, you know, trying new things out. That's I think that's exciting yeah. trying new drinks out. It's exactly. been great exploring the different supermarkets, seeing what they've got in there, and being able to being how, be able to have a moan about the price of the college. Yeah, I don't know about whatever. you, but I feel like <laughs> going into the alcohol free sections in every shop, they're all like different. So I feel like, ooh, what have so they got in here? Yeah. Then? Yeah, and even so you think, oh, I might want to treat myself to something different and try something. And there's loads out there I've still not tried, which is great. Um, but that's that's exciting. Last night, um, I'll send you a picture of it, but um, I tried like this a- Aperol Spritz um version. Let me show you. It's um, it's this one. But they do an Aperol Spritz Zero now, do they? Oh, it's not. But it's this. It's called yeah, it's Pentia or something. But I just mixed it with like it's like blood orange and oakwood, but it tasted like Aperol Spritz. Um, oh, wow. I put it with some tonic and just like ice, and I put it in like you know like a gin goblet. Thing. Oh yes, yeah. so lots of bougie ice and uh, some garnishes. Love a goblet, and it Lovely, honestly yeah. tasted like really <laughs> similar to um Aperol Spritz. But yeah, it's I'm just... excited when I go out to try more things like non-alcoholic cocktails. Like I have had some nice place, some nice ones, but yeah, nice stuff one. like that. I'm excited to do more of that at some point. Um, yeah, that'd be quite exciting to try different new drinks. There is some nice stuff out there. Different yeah. tonics have been quite nice to try. And even the other week, I had like just an elderflower tonic, and I was like, "Oh, this is actually still quite refreshing without the gin in it." You know? Yeah, and you won't <laughs> feel like sluggish and shit the next day. Win-win. Honestly, honestly. <laughs> so, if you could describe your um, like, what does living alcohol-free mean to you in one word? See, I, I gave this question quite a lot of thought and I thought, what is the one thing? But ultimately for me, mm. clarity. Yeah, Clarity is my key word. And clarity encompasses quite a few different things, whether it be your mental health, clarity on your money situation, clarity on your health. And I think that's why I said like clarity and just, yeah, clarity for me. It's the, the key word, today's word of the day is clarity. Clarity. <laughs> I think a lot of people that listen to this that are, alcohol free will totally know what you're saying with that like it's yeah i agree with you it's it is just clear isn't it you just clear in all sense of the word you are and i think it's and and for me i've always been i've, I've not been scared to share an experience or situation because if i can share what i'd be going through for the first 26 days and it helps to listen and think do you know what that's inspired me to do it then great i've done I've, that's great if it, it just helps one person job yeah. done you know, which is absolutely a bang on. Anything like that is uh, fantastic. Yeah, clarity. Oh, honestly, I've literally <laughs> loved this chat so much. Thank you, like, so much for, like, opening up and, like, sharing your story. Like, I think this conversation will, like, like be so beneficial for a lot of people um, that want to start living life without alcohol. So I appreciate your time this morning, even though I flap- was flapping this morning. <laughs> But you know, it's funny. It just shows. It just shows how uh, down to earth this this podcast is. And you know, mm. thank you for setting it up, and thank you for what you're doing on TikTok. It's great to kind of see your journey as well, and it does inspire different people mm. to kind of look at what's been going on. I've spoken to a few mates about doing this today, and said like, you know, about what you do in your podcast and what you do in your TikTok. But yeah, it's about everybody. Just the more people talk about it, I think the more people realize they're not by themselves. Yeah, it's that's not what as, it's not as scary. As well. Yeah, there is, you know, people don't want to see that kind of that kind of information and don't look for it. But it's more normal now. I think more and more people are kind of waking up to the fact that they don't need it. And yeah. then hopefully touch wood for some people. It doesn't take a horrific situation to jolt them out of what they do 
Hopefully mm. they see the light without having to go through that because they wouldn't wish what I've had to go through on anybody. Mm. But it's not a victim, not a victim, what's the word to call it? Not a, um, is it a victim mentality? No, I can't remember. What, I can't remember what my thought was there, but it's just life, life happens. People yeah. do with life in different ways, but it's understanding that we are, we are all human. People make mistakes. It's okay to make mistakes as long as we own them and become better as a result of owning the mistakes. So for me, it's this is what I've had to do from I think to prove to myself. Yeah. So yeah, so thanks so thank you for having me on. Thank you for your time as well. And uh I can't look for I'll look forward to catching up again and let you know what I've been on holiday. It'd be great yeah, to I'm actually <laughs> well excited. Just yeah, I'm definitely gonna keep in contact. I feel like especially like doing this podcast, you meet so many like amazing people and I feel like maybe you're if you're if you're happy to as well, I feel like we'll be we'll be connected. I definitely think that we'll keep. Can't chatting. wait! No, thank no, thank you for the opportunity. I really, really have appreciated it. So, if anyone would love to kind of follow you, if you would be happy to, like, do you have like anywhere like that you kind of share your anything on social media, or can anyone follow you if they want to message you or anything like that? Yeah. So, so what I what I do on my on my TikTok page, I kind of use my TikTok more for like travel videos. So. Yeah. showcasing things where I've been. So that's uh, Terence, Terence B hyphen 40. And if people do want to uh, add me on Instagram, it's Terry UK 29. Yeah, I will always say to them, because my profile's private, if they do want to follow me, just send me a DM saying yeah. how they found my profile. Otherwise, I won't, I, won't, I won't accept them. But just, yeah, that's kind of all I have really in terms of that. But yeah, but I think with, with TikTok, I just kind of, I just wanted to do it kind of like travel videos, uh, kind of yeah. even sharing. So I'm going to do like nice experiences like that, especially with a paddleboard. Now I'm going to be doing more paddleboarding videos because they're quite good showing, you know, what it's like being on the lake and stuff. So I think people, when you see stuff like that, they can visualize what it looks like. Well, I'm excited <laughs> to see all the paddle talk videos. <laughs> yeah. And you'll, you'll be seeing more of my travel talk videos as well from cars. So yeah. <laughs> amazing. Well, have an amazing Saturday and thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Um, You're very welcome. I'll speak to you soon. All right, you take care. Bye. Bye. Once again, thank you so much for listening. If you want to find me online, I am on Instagram at Sober Gay Podcast. I am also on TikTok under at the Sober Gay underscore. I'll see you next week. <laughs>